Hello, and welcome to the actual episode 13 of Q&A Quest. Um, for some reason, I thought the last one was episode 13, and labeled the show notes as that, and almost put it up as episode 13, until I realized... This is like the reverse of literally every other thing that tries to skip 13. Yes. We liked it so much, we tried to do it twice. <laughs> I didn't realize this until I went... I uploaded the file and realized that, hey, there's no episode 12 here. <laughs> Become garbage obsessed. Uh, so, hello, I am Mike Apps, a.k.a. Wheels. And with me, my usual Destiny-hating co-host. Yeah, yeah, it's me, David. <laughs> <laughs> and this week, we're gonna talk about Dragon Quest some more, apparently. Um... There's a few of you had some things to say about Dragon Quest. Uh, Smack had a few comments about our discussion last week about Dragon Quest and Tales. I'm going to try and just uh, paraphrase things here rather than reading his whole post. Um, basically, <laughs> there was marketing for Dragon Warrior 5 and 6 or at least just five. No, five. Okay, just five. Five was confirmed for U.S. release before NX USA closed up shop in the mid-90s. Sure. Um, yes, I can understand. Yeah, so that was kind of the beginning of the a dark period for Dragon That's Quest. That's like getting kicked in the balls. Yeah, uh, but that was for like wholly different reasons than anything that's going on right now. If I... Yeah, and it's no longer had a U.S. subsidiary because yeah. things like Brain Lord failed. And also, no one was buying Dragon Quest. Also, so... no one was buying Brain Lord. Yes. Screw you, Brain Lord. Blah. <laughs> so, yeah, there's a pretty good reason for that. And, um... I, I mean, what, what was it supposed to do? People weren't really buying their games. Um... I feel bad that we didn't get them originally then, but... Um, I don't feel that bad about Dragon Quest VI. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> <Ooh>. <laughs> uh, it's probably, in looking back, maybe it's better we got the current version of Dragon Quest V we had as the only version we've gotten, maybe? Well, if, if you take it as an either-or proposition, then mm. yeah, it's better to have the DS one yeah. than the SNES one. But, but yeah, that's... I'm not sure exact. I understand that you're like, oh, we already went through this once, but it's very, very, very different. Okay, that was missing two, two major titles. We've missed uh, one main series title, which, with very obvious reasons as to why we wouldn't get said main series title, uh, because it's because it's an MMO that's not really going to work here, um, and everything else is. Uh, ports and uh, side entries, which... Um, and remakes. Yeah, and remakes, which I haven't given up on all the remakes yet, so let's hold off on that. But... Yeah, they've tried Dragon Quest Monsters here. It's never, to my knowledge, worked. I don't think the Game Boy games did well. I, th I think they did fine, but I mean, like, the economics for releasing a Game Boy game are pretty easy, because, you know, sure. they're cheap localized because yeah. there's not much text in those. So I don't really want to like jump back into all the reasons we missed this game and that. So I'm just gonna say that. Uh, what was I gonna say? 
Uh, I've completely lost my train of thought. Um, I was going to say that uh, I can understand being frustrated for you know past things and whatnot, but I think it's almost blinding you to the current situation to some extent. Um, yeah, so, yes, we've missed a lot of Dragon Quest games, uh, but, but they're not all major titles, you know? Uh, I, I don't think we were all, like, hemming and hawing when we missed, um, the, the, uh, Dragon Quest games on GBA, for example, you know? Can't get frustrated by all these side entries that are really primarily focused on the Japanese market. Um, so, so yeah. Uh, we briefly lived in a world where we had to deal with Dragon Quest swords. If nothing else, we will never have to deal with Dragon Quest swords again. Yes. Uh, so there was a period where we got a bunch of we got some monster titles. We got Rocket Slime, and it was a wonderful period, but it. You know, they didn't really sell, and there was really no reason to bring some of those games over, so... Um, yeah, let's try and rein in the frustration a bit here. We're going to get Dragon Quest Eleven. I'm just going to keep saying that. There's absolutely no reason for that for us not to. Lay your money down. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> so in the same... Uh, actually, let's see, he had some comments about Tails. Uh, so he's not as familiar with uh, Tails as far as our whole Tails Dragon Quest comparison. Yeah, we went into a long, vested comparison that took like an hour. <laughs> yes. <laughs> as far as the Tails before Symphonia, I think we only missed the original, really. Uh, we missed Fantasia, and we missed the actual Destiny 2. Okay. And and then we start. I used to know all of these stupid things in order. I'm terrible. Yeah. And uh, a lot of that was all some weird Sony stuff about 2D games, and you know, just you know, look look up uh, some Vic Ireland rants about some of the Sony policies back then. You can see why we missed a lot of those Tales games. Uh, But yeah, (laughs) the Tales series has been pretty healthy, pretty much from Symphonia on, as far as Western releases go. At least, you know, at least the big ones. So, um, but I don't, I don't know that that's necessarily. A, uh, see, I don't want to try and just rehash everything we did last week, but you know, there's reasons that Tales is pretty consistent over here. You know, despite the obvious, obviously Dragon Quest. I'm just going to say it's uh, a much better series to some extent than Tales. Wow. Fighting words. <laughs> um, but there's a lot of about the aesthetics of uh, Tales that, obvi- that makes it obviously marketable in the West, whereas Dragon Quest is, has always been a harder sell. Dragon Quest looks like Dragon Ball. If you leverage that right, you're fine. <laughs> sure, but I don't, I don't think they I'm ever making have... a joke. Yeah. I'm making a joke. <laughs> When marketed right, Dragon Quest they actually did leverage that with Dragon Quest Eight when they edited the heroes like super high tension mode to look like Goku. <laughs> he doesn't get spiky purple Super Saiyan hair in uh, the Japanese version. Well, you know, I think that's kind of the thing. I, I, one of the things, anyway, 
the nicer looking Dragon Quest games to some extent have done better here. Dragon Quest VIII, uh, Dragon, Dragon Quest VIII, nine. nine. Um, you know, you look at the 3DS remakes that didn't do as well, and those are not exactly visually appealing games. You mean the original, the the three space DS remakes? Correct. As opposed to 3DS remakes. Yes, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Um, They've got very nice uh, 2D art, but their uh, 3D backgrounds are not all great. Yeah. So it's almost like it, it's it's kind of a weird thing where the appeal in Japan is like the retro nostalgia feel, while as here. It seems the ones that are most appealing. It, it's almost the opposite thing, like the nice visual touches and yeah, like we want the ones that look like the PS4 version, and Japan wants the ones that look like a Super Famicom game. Yeah, and which when you look at it like that, it makes perfect sense that they'd bring over the Muso title because <laughs> that's probably going to sell pretty well, actually. All right. <sighs> But let's move on to actual questions rather than comments. Yes. Well, there was one other, there was one question related to this that we'll go into. Uh, okay. This is from False Logic, and I believe I said the the other comments were from SmackD. Yeah, SmackD. Um, just heard the latest Q and A quest in regards to Dragon Quest games. Why the heck does Square Enix keep porting? And he means localizing here. Keep yeah. localizing Dragon Quest games no one here wants. Um, uh, well, I feel like we can't prove no one wants them because they haven't come out. Right. <laughs> and Like, it, if you're talking about the Dragon Quest Heroes, like, we don't know if no one wants it. No one, like... Evidently, Musou games sell to someone yeah. because, like, we have yet to miss one. I think there is one Japan-only Musou game, and I can't even remember which one it is. It's like, I think it might be a Vita game. It's like... Uh... Try, I don't even know. Like, I, I looked this up when Dragon Quest Heroes got announced for the US, and it's like, everything comes here, whether it has a pre-established market or not. Like, Fist of the North Star, that's niche as hell, but they still released both <laughs> Fist of the North Star Musos here. <laughs> Uh, we missed, um, I think, the second Samurai Warriors Chronicles for 3DS. But oh, yes, guess. yes, yes. I knew it was a handheld game. Yeah. I think that one might have come to Vita as well. I don't know. I, I don't know. Impossible like, to keep track of. There's hundreds of them. But, yeah, it's just like, oh, you know, there's... Like, we we get every Musou game, so this was already an easy test bed. Yeah. Um, it's it's just a question, I guess, of does it sell better than the average licensed Musou game? Yeah. Um, as far as some of the games that quote-unquote people do want, I think it's kind of been proving that they don't. Uh, no one really cares about Dragon Quest monsters except the hardcore Dragon Quest fans. And Like, sales-wise, not enough people care. Right. And if you're look, looking at, say... As a hardcore Dragon Quest fan, I don't care. <laughs> And if you're looking at Dragon Quest VII, um, the people who were possibly considering this may not have said, you know, let's look at the Dragon Quest IX sales. They may have said, let's look at the other remake sales, which is obviously not what you want them to look at, because they were not very good. Like, Dragon Quest V basically sold badly enough in the U.S. that, like, if you remember, they initially announced all three... DS remakes at the same time. 
Yes. They announced cha- Chapters of the Chosen, Hand of the Heavenly Bride, Bride, and Realms of Reverie, which was to be published by Square Enix. That didn't happen. Mm. What happened was that somehow localization team changed it. Also, it was now being published by Nintendo. <laughs> and it had a new name. It was now Realms of Revelation. Yes. So, like, basically... If you want Dragon Quest games, you basically have to convince either Nintendo or Sony. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. And and, like, in, and in that regard, I think when they look at, or they've probably already looked at this Dragon Quest Eleven, they're obviously going to look at like Dragon Quest Eight and Dragon Quest Nine sales, and um, hey, we've got a PS4 version that should be perfectly marketable in the West, so. And Nintendo will look at it and say, hey, 3DS and NX software. Yeah. <laughs> so there you go. A rare two-headed beast. <laughs> yeah, so there you go. I think... Um, yeah, obviously, people are very vocal about the the games that, quote-unquote, everyone wants that we haven't gotten, but uh, that has not shown up in sales, really. So... Yeah. Either they're not the ones that we want, or um, people way many of us. or way too many people were pirating them, which I don't even think is the case, to be honest. Yeah, they probably weren't even popular targets of piracy, which might actually be sadder. Yeah. So if okay. if so, if you want people to actually want these games, then I don't I, I don't know. We gotta convince your friends to them. Yes, convince your friends to play Dragon Quest, lots of Dragon Quest. Not word just of, word not, of mouth is good. Word of mouth is good. Not just the big main titles. Yeah. All right. So that is that, and we will move Onward on to fresh questions. Yes. So we've got a question here from staff member, lol whoops. Um, what game has the most ridiculous amount of made-up words that only exist in their game universe? And I remember seeing this and just thinking, oh man, that Final Fantasy Type-0 intro. Oof. Like, just so many made-up words and proper nouns. Like, it's like watching Ken... Burns Civil War if the Civil War never happened and also took place on another planet. (laughs) As you could probably uh, guess, I wasn't fond of the opening of Final Fantasy Type-0. Yeah. (laughs) It just throws so much random nonsense at you. It's it's a bad way to pace a story. Yeah. So that's that's my pick for, like, nonsense proper nouns. There's some other contenders as well. There's Tales of the Abyss, which kind of throws a lot of weird words at you, but... Almost all of them include the word fawn. Yes. But I almost want to disqualify that, because based on the story of Tales of Abyss, that almost seems intended. Um, I don't know if I want to just spoil that, the, the story. 
Okay, spoiler warning. So, <laughs> the whole Tales of the Best story is that the main character, Luke, is actually a clone. Um, so, the way I always looked a lot about a lot of that story is it's intended to confuse you because he's basically like a five-year-old and all of this is confusing, so... No one ever bothered explaining anything to him, so he's supposed to be as confused as you are. Exactly. Um, so I almost disqualify that because it seems like they used a lot of confusing words for a purpose. So, uh, what other contenders are there out there? I'm trying to think of what else. Uh, Final Fantasy Thirteen certainly uses a lot, but... Yeah, basically all of the Fabula Nova Crystallis games, to some extent or another, are kind of guilty of throwing a lot of fake words at you and just sort of hoping you'll roll with them. Like, it's it's intended for world-building, but it's like, it's kind of like this, see, this world is very deep, look at all of these words that don't mean anything. <laughs> and it's just, it's it's understandable why it's done, but I think that it's a really inelegant and easy way to turn off people who are just like, I really want things that make sense. Yeah. Like, in the Type Zero example, I think the game lists, like, four kingdoms in its first uh, opening text crawl without defining who any of them are. Yeah. When it really could have just said the kingdom you're involved with and the kingdom you're fighting against at the moment. Right. And then introduce the others as they become relevant. Right. Yeah. That, yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm not fond of Type Zero. And the worst part of that is uh, the story is, like, presented as a documentary, like a war documentary. And it's got to be the worst war documentary because it doesn't explain things properly. <laughs> oh. oh, Type Zero. I warned you all. I warned you all. No one listened. Yeah, I, I did. I didn't care. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, it was worth trying anyway. I mean, I, obviously, I even bought the the localized version to give it another chance. Yeah, I I did because I wanted to see if you were right, and you were. I know Most it's a rarity. Let's let's not continue down this road. Okay. Yes. All right. So, are there any others we can think of with weird, made-up nonsense? There's tons of them, but like none that stick out to the same degree. Because yeah. like, I'm not just counting like, you know, there's tons of made-up words. It's in order to understand what's going on, you need to have these made-up words defined for you. Yeah. Uh, I could throw out Pokemon, just because the roster of Pokemon have gotten so large that there's a lot that just sound like nonsense words. But but at the same time, totally if you fair. see an unfamiliar word, it's probably a Pokemon. That's true. So that doesn't and you even don't really need work. to know who each individual Pokemon is because when they become relevant, you will see them. That's true. <laughs> All right, so should we? Just... In conclusion, the writing lesson here is: unless something is relevant, don't talk about it until you have a need to tell me what it is. Yes. <laughs> don't don't name drop a bunch of kingdoms that we don't need to learn about yet. Yeah. That we can't I'll possibly care about. Eventually, I swear yes. I will care from the beginning. I'm trying to care. I already spent sixty dollars on. <laughs> All right, let's move on.
Alright, so we got another question from False Logic. It is, do you feel the story in From Software's games add to them, or are they superfluous considering the focus on gameplay? Uh, and I assume this is just directed at the Souls games and not like uh, random Kingsfield and Armored Core games or anything like that. Kingsfield tells the story the same way, dude. Yeah, it's true. But uh, Armored Core just does text dumps. But yeah, it's probably talking about the Souls games and their progeny. To, to which I'd say, like, superfluous is kind of an odd word to use here because it implies that they are, like, sh like they're impossible to ignore. Yeah, which is completely untrue for the most part. Yeah, it, it's kind of a word I would usually save for... Uh something that, like, you couldn't, uh... Because, like, superfluous usually means you've got way too much of something. Right. But, yeah, like, I, I would say that, no, they add to it, it's just they're... I, I feel like part of the reason people obsess over them so much is just because they're... they have to be pieced together, so you either ignore them entirely, or you spend half the game searching for the things that are supposed to make the puzzle fit. Right. And I like the fact that they've obviously put in the effort so that it's there's there are puzzle pieces and things to figure out. It's not like they've just made a vague story that makes zero sense. Uh, there, there is sense to be made of it, but enough is left to interpretation that people can get very interested in promulgating their personal thoughts. Right. And and it in the end it does the job that it's intended to do. It flavors the world. Like if there's if there I don't think these games would be a, as good without this story. So obviously, obviously it adds to it. it. It makes the world interesting to wander around instead of just a generic um, monster-filled hole. <sighs> and you know, if a generic monster-filled hole is what you want, then you can ignore the story, and there you go. So it all works out. Your own path. Yeah. But yeah, no, I, I would say that they are stories that are very intelligently fitted around the things that are in them. Like, you know, the, you could fit other stories into these worlds, from what I'm given to understand. Hidetaka Miyazaki creates a world and then creates a story to fit it. But at the same time, like, that's immaterial to the fact that the stories are very intelligently designed around how the games are played and how much story really fits within them. Right. And if you don't care about them, okay, you don't have to. <laughs> yeah. A focus on gameplay doesn't mean that no thought or effort was put into the story or that the story is unimportant. It simply means that the experience is tailored towards the gameplay and the story is presented in a way as to not conflict with that. I've seen a lot more games in recent years that kind of do that. As far as RPG go, RPGs go, I know, uh, obviously, we talk a lot about Japanese RPGs, which have a tendency to do quite the opposite. <laughs> um, this, this sort of found pieces story is the sort of story that games in particular have as a way of telling a narrative that most other mediums really don't. Yes. And I think that's why a lot of people are drawn to it and say, oh, everything should be like this, which is not really the case. I, yeah, I'm gonna. I'm going to temper this conversation by saying that while I really love Dark Souls and Bloodborne, I hate the Dark Souls fandom with all passion. <laughs> <of> <laughs> 
Yeah. Well, like I just said, it's it's a way it's a way to do a game. It's really cool, and it's not something that really, as you said, it's not something you can really do in other medium. But it's not the only way to do things, uh, and it's not always the best way to do things. So it's just a good thing to have in your writer's toolkit. Exactly. And from software are obviously quite capable of doing it expertly. With uh, with Bloodborne, that's five games. Right yeah, now. Demon's Dark, Dark Two, Bloodborne, and I guess technically Dark Three would be the net, the fifth. Uh, yes, presuming that turns out well. Which would hard hard to be uh, hard to be too uh, concerned about that. Right. I mean, you might get to the point where people start saying, "Oh, this is too samey," but that's not always a bad thing. Um. So we'll see how it goes. I th- I think they'll come up with some neat tricks. They they've done done uh, a good job with that so far with uh, Dark Two and Bloodborne. So. Uh. So yeah. Long story short, yes, they do add to them. All right. Let's move on. Alright, so we're going to move on to another question from Whoa Whoops. Do you want to read this one? Sure, I will. RPGs commonly have a theme about a big bad organization, empire, religion, etc., that is trying to do bad things to the world for bad reasons. Several Final Fantasy games use this theme, for example. What are some RPGs that have the best realized big bad group? The best story reasons for acting, characters, leaders, just reasons for existing. I find most have almost no substance to them, and I'm wondering what games do it best. This is like something we've kind of talked about. Like we talked about it in the war, the like when we were talking about why strategy RPGs are like war, uh, like always have war stories. Yeah. Uh, but you know, I thought it was interesting and kind of a more direct way to bro- to broach the concept. So you know, uh, I spent a long time like trying to think of organizations that actually had reasonable motives, and as a general rule. <laughs> They don't, and that's because RP- Japanese RPGs, as a general rule, are aimed at teenagers, and so like they're fairly archetypal heroic uh, stories. So really, right now, what I'm thinking of are weird ones. Hmm. So like, my personal favorite insane one is I'm going to spoil the entire twist of this plot: Wild Arms Two, where late in the game it's revealed that the terrorist group Odessa that you've been fighting throughout the entire game was actually created as an ex- by the pe- person that founded your group Arms as an excuse to militarize Arms enough to fight a sentient dimension that is attempting to eat yours. What? <laughs> <laughs> um. All right. I suddenly want to play that game. Okay. It's it's not as amazing as that sounds, but it is still so weird that it's kind of like what just happened. That sounds amazing. How can that not so, be amazing? Uh, partially just because the game it's attached to is mostly a fairly bog standard PS1 RPG. Ah. Uh. But yeah, like that—that's one of my personal like favorite what. Uh, 
<laughs> in terms of organization and purpose. Uh, generally, Suikoden games are generally pretty good about it. The Enemy Kingdom is probably at least home to a handful of decent people. <laughs> like, I'm not gonna... Yeah, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna go uh, full tilt and say that like, oh, there's moral ambiguity in Suikoden because usually there's at least one psychopath pulling the strings. Uh, but usually there is at least a few people that are like, you know, it's just fighting for king and country, like most people. Uh, um, trying to think of other ones that are good. You, you fill some in for me, Wheels. <laughs> uh, well, I think part of the problem is a lot of these games. They kind of have the evil empire already established, so you don't get it like a backstory and how events led to them conquering a bunch of places. Like I like the I like the empire in Final Fantasy VI, but you don't get you don't get a lot of the the backstory behind it, other than you know oh they made magic armor and started conquering a bunch of places. But yeah, they have to have, they have to have already been in place, or there would be no story. Right. <laughs> Um, and you so and there's really no reason to delve into the backstory because you don't really need it, you know. Big yeah. evil empire. Yeah. As, as a general there. rule, as as a general rule, the Evil Ace Alliance games are also pretty good. Yes. Yes, absolutely. Like in terms of Final Fantasy, they're generally the crown jewel of semi-reasonable. <laughs> <laughs> like, I mean, I'm not gonna say they're perfect because, like, you know, one of the villain organizations in Tactics is. Uh, what if the Catholic Church was filled with demons? Pretty much, yeah. But, I mean, like, uh, you know, you'll at least have a faction that you are fighting against that is not, like, you know, an absolute cartoon monstrosity. Yeah. You know, I kind of like the story of Tactics Advance, um, because as far as evil goes, you're never really, it never really feels like you're fighting against anything all that evil. You're like, your main character is super focused on getting back to the quote-unquote real world. Safety police. Yes. At the expense of apparently destroying this weird fantasy world. So there's Which always... tactics A2 retcons into like, oh, you're just separating the two that were always separate. Yeah. <laughs> But you'll you'll note that I've seen the debate about this game hundreds of times on the internet. <laughs> I've actually not seen the debate because I still haven't done. Uh, I still need to play A two. Yeah, uh, the, it's uh, yeah. <laughs> so story wise, it's not as good as the first one. I take it. Well, it's 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 more that like story wise, it attempts to clean up like the major objective a lot of people had with Tactics Advance where there was this, there was a heated and incredibly furious internet debate over whether Mark Marsh, I could never quite figure out how his name was supposed to be pronounced uh, whether he was like a selfish like douchebag that was essentially destroying everyone so that he could go back to his quote unquote real reality or if he was uh, you know just like, or if it's just that a lot of people don't really like their video games to tell them to stop being interested in escapism. <laughs> uh, that probably has something to do with it. Yeah, I, I, th I think Tactics Advance is actually a pretty interesting story, especially given what it's, uh, what you expect going into it. Sure, and I don't think it really, I don't think they really needed to have retconned anything. I could think it could have just stand it as its own separate thing and like. 
Well, they kind of had to, but they kind of had to confirm that by virtue of the fact that, like, it, A2 still takes place in Ivalice. Right, right. Um, but now we're going well afield of the original question, because I am... Yeah, we're not that far afield. Not as far afield as we usually go. That's true. Um, I'm trying to think of, like, like villain organizations, by, by their general nature, if you make them too sympathetic, you generally run into the issue of, like, oh, well, I'm kind of losing the will to do what I'm doing here. Right. So, like, there's pretty much always a uh, point where, like... And, and that's, the, that's the other end of the coin, is that usually uh, what you end up having is the struggle between writing two... Uh, fundamentally well-intentioned societies, or what that often gets turned into, which is writing two cartoonishly evil societies. Sure. Um, I'm just I'm thinking of Mass Effect right now, and this is maybe something that can only really be done with sci-fi, with the whole Reapers uh, pre uh, nonsense with the ending of the third game. Oh. But just like this whole weird alien menace that you don't really understand. Yeah, it's it's unknowable, and honestly, explaining their reasoning behind themselves was was the mistake. Right. Like giving them a higher purpose is the mistake. Yes. But uh, yeah, like that, that's the kind of the thing is that you know most of these, when you get right down to it, they're they're largely you know just just you know you tell a story like you would in a random fantasy novel you find at the library it's not really meant to be huge deep or meaningful it's just meant to sort of be a fun framing device with some memorable characters yep and often you don't really need much more than that yeah and so that's why these sort of like non-cartoonishly evil forces tend to get kind of rare it's just because you have to be trying to tell a very certain kind of story that's much less archetypal. Right. So did we pretty much cover everything in that question? I think we've got most of them. Like, I can't think of anything else that comes to mind that isn't just me cursing something out for having a dumb villain. <laughs> I'm sure there's plenty of those we can go into. Yeah, so rather than do that, we'll just move on. All right. <laughs> So, moving further into the low whoops question backlog, um, <laughs> do you ever think some games have too many skills? The newer Tales games, to me, are starting to get overloaded with them. While entertaining, the battle system was bloated. I'm not sure which Tales game he's talking about here. I assume. Uh, also, not I don't Grace's think that's. Half. that's not I don't low whoops. I think that's Budai. Oh, okay. Like, these are all one question. Oh, okay. My bad. Yeah. That's not from the Law Whoops backlog. Yeah, this, this is a recent question. Um, Some games have too many skills. Uh, definitely. Although, generally, like, Tales games have never really hit that threshold for me. Yeah. Well, I think the... Th Part of it is you're only controlling one character at a time, so you didn't generally don't have to worry about 
what the other characters are doing unless if if the other character is casting a spell that's stupid you turn it off and don't let them do it anymore there yeah. you're done worrying about it and you can assign some of your uh, other characters skills to hotkeys when you want to use them so there's that but yeah there's generally not too much there I don't think if we're talking about Grace's F I think I don't think there's too much there either it's just more about learning a battle system that's different than like anything else out there even the other Tales games uh so it can be a bit confusing in that regard, but yeah, I don't think there's really too many skills. Yeah, you just end up sort of looking for your A and B arts just because you want more skills. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, I'm like you know, I've certainly played games where it's just like you just handed me four new skills and didn't define any of them for <laughs> you. Um, I'd say one good example of that is if you if you play World of Warcraft and do the level ninety like the jump to level 90 thing with a class you're not familiar with. Um, good luck. Good yeah, luck I'm just going to say the concept of jumping to level 90 without prior familiarity in the game, it's like something that I can see why they did, but seems like a crazy concept that is just bound to confuse and infuriate people. Well, in their defense, slightly, they at least run you through... They run you through some quests where you don't have all your skills initially. Um, they give you a different tutorial. They they kind of give you like one at a time for a bit, but then it gets to the point where okay, you're done with that, and now you have everything. And how the hell how the heck do I play this character? And with maybe some of the the less straightforward classes, uh, it's probably pretty frustrating. So, you know, and yeah, I I, I can understand why they do it, and there's not really a good way around it because if you if you want to get into the game but play with friends you already know I mean <laughs> take a long long time to get up to 90 yeah the, the big issue is that there's no comfortable solution right like I, I it's just that like I'm not sure how much long term benefit it had either way yeah um as far as other games that just kind of have too many skills in general I'd probably say a lot of MMOs probably fit into that, actually. Well, MMOs have the issue of, like, having, like, skill creep, where it's just like, well, we need to raise the level cap to keep the high-level players interested, so yeah. we need to give them new skills to fill those new levels, which means that, like, those old skills don't mean anything anymore, but new players still need to, like, still need to have access to all of them, because old players have access to all of them, so it's just, like, it just becomes a mess. It becomes Al, my brain. What's going on? Yeah, it's like, you know, feature creep is, like, bad with any, like, yearly series or anything like that. But, I mean, it gets worse when it's something that's just being iterated. It's one game being right. constantly iterated upon. I think one game that kind of does a good job with having a lot of skills would be, well, not one game, one game series would be, like, Etrian Odyssey, where... The skill skill trees are relatively complex, but they're structured in such a way that um, you're never exactly overwhelmed. And you can kind of peek ahead and plan where you want your skills to go, so it's not necessarily overwhelming. Unless you know you look at a class and want every skill, which you're simply not going to be able to do. But you're never going to be in the point where you just have 
I would say too many skills. Yeah, um, that's that's fair. Yeah, I mean, it can, you're you're gonna you're gonna pick some skills and you're gonna have to get used to using those. Yeah, I mean, it can get complicated when you throw in like uh, the subclassing and some, grimoires in the later ones. Yeah, and some of the more complex, weird classes, but. It doesn't mo- feel skill bloated, right? It, it's a way. It's an example of having a lot of skills, but presenting it in a non-overwhelming way. Yeah, I think another one that does like having, like, uh, just just another one that I think does a good job of this in several iterations is the Kingdom Hearts games, mm. where like you've got the command decks, which you know it sounds complicated, and you get tons of different actions and spells and skills but they're all, like, you pick some some favorites and they all have trees that you can sort of follow that, like, they'll continue doing. And then, like, in the, the first two, you had the uh, the way that Sora's combo was basically customizable, and that was how you customized him in such a way that you could have 30 skills equipped and not have to be juggling more than four or five open commands. Yeah. And the nice thing about the ones with the command deck is... Yeah, uh, there's a lot you can customize there, but when you're in the heat of battle, it's all like pretty clear, and it's easy to work with the skills. Um, so in like in actual gameplay, it's it's never an issue at all. Yeah, I think that's I think that's the bigger thing is making sure that the player is given a reason to use any given skill. Yeah, and you will find that like players don't tend to feel too bloated about things. But, like, the second that you start introducing a bunch of skills with only, like, one or two or a handful of tangential uses, that's when it becomes an issue. Yeah. It's, and it's, it's also just that you occasionally have to be willing to obsolete an old one. Yeah. I mean, I've seen a lot of games with, like, buff spells and things like that that are essentially useless because the game isn't balanced and tweaked Regen around. Regen in almost every Final Fantasy game is completely yep. pointless. Completely pointless. Like, the only things that would ever save you from having to heal from are things that you don't need to heal from anymore. <laughs> you know, it's funny, because uh, when I first got into, like, Etrian Odyssey and the SMT games, one of the things that drew me to them was the fact that buffs and regen and stuff like that were actually useful. <laughs> yeah, I think I think part of the reason I never think of, like, Final Fantasy as skill-bloated is that my brain has already learned to completely filter out things that never work. Yeah. <laughs> and that, and that's kind of like another thing is that like it depends upon how aware you make your audience of what is and isn't more than situationally useful. Sure. And to Final Fantasy's credit, I think the past two main entries have done a better job. Like obviously, yeah, they've been they've been trying to sort of remove the concept of like this spell is never worth using. Yeah. Like obviously, thirteen, the buff spells were definitely useful in a lot in a lot of ways and. 12 as well um, definitely needed to use a lot of buffs and or even like the the infamous remake of 4 part of the reason that people talk about it being so much harder is that like buffs and debuffs are actually important in the yeah. game yeah um, so yeah so I think that's kind of the crux of a lot of games with skill bloat like you said is just uh, there's a lot that aren't just just aren't useful, so it's kind of just a mess of what the heck am I supposed to be using? I, I would like to bring up my favorite example of skill bloat ever, though. What's that? 
uh, and that is awful PS1 RPG Shadow Madness, oh, which dear. never played it. Shadow Madness has basically the leveling curve of a traditional JRPG, except that it's divided across 15 levels. Um, there are only, you have, you know, like, level 15 is max, and it takes about as much time to reach level 15 as it would in any normal R- Japanese RPG. It's just you stop there. That's confusing like, and weird. And, and but, like, there's the spellcasters still have tons of spells, so you'll gain a level and you'll get five spells, <laughs> and none of them have descriptions. <laughs> wow. It's, it's terrible. Amazing. <laughs> it's so it's so ill conceived from top to bottom. Wow. Well, I definitely do not want to play that game. <laughs> I've played it twice. Ooh. I'm, I'm a sorry. bad person who makes poor decisions. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Alright, well why don't we move on to some of Budai's other questions? Yeah. Yeah, he had two more. Yes. Uh I also read different takes on FF7 remakes, and I often hear the idea of characters standing in a line attacking the enemy just has no place in modern RPGs. If it's fun, I don't see why it has no place, just because the mechanic has been used for years. I wanted to clear it up that I wasn't talking just about turn-based, but the actual visual style of characters lined up. This is a tough one, because I get what you're saying, but at the same time, there is this issue of degrees of abstraction versus how like realistic the graphics are trying to look yeah and the more that the graphics look good and well not really look good but look realistic quote unquote the more that it looks really conspicuous that everyone is lined up in perfect rows and the more that it sort of takes a certain breed of player out of the experience right and, then, and that's that's why you've seen people not people, uh, I guess people but d- uh, game designers sort of experiment with ways to represent the same kind of battle system but in a way that isn't as gritty like, I mean, going back to like Skies of Arcadia, your characters are sort of scattered around the battlefield yeah. and it's like, they still act in the way that you would in a Dragon Quest style RPG but at the same time you know, it's not it, it looks less awkward. Yeah. Uh, Dragon Quest Nine does a good job of that as well. Yeah. Or it's like, you know, it you can achieve the same end without using something that takes a certain type of player out of the experience. Right. And, and I think in this case, a lot of what people want in a remake of Final Fantasy VII is visual flair, um, because it's one of the elements that people FF7 remember most about was, it. was nothing if not a game with a lot of impressive visual style. Right. So I don't know why they would they would just stick to the old combat style. It doesn't make a lot of sense to me. I understand what you're saying. It's it's a style and it's Heck, classic. Turn based may fantasy. still even happen, I think. Yeah, I think it will. Um but I, I don't think it makes much sense to to keep the line the lineup like that. It's it, it, it was a technique technique used based on technical limitations that doesn't make any sense anymore. Just like random encounters, you know, unless you're going for a. Specific... I, I would say that, yeah, like there's there's still reasons to do it. Like they do it for throwbacks, like Bravely Default. Sure. Or Etrian Odyssey. Yeah. Uh, or just smaller budget games. You know, if 
if it's a smaller budget game, even if it's from a big studio, I, I don't think it hurts anything to do random battles. It, there's nothing inherently wrong with it, but it would be incongruous in the sort of game that the FF7 remake is likely to be. Yeah. Can't wait to see what the Midgar Zolom looks like. <laughs> yeah, so... So yeah, uh, I, I would. Yeah, that's... I would say it has no place in a remake of Final Fantasy VII. I'm sorry, but I, it has no place there. <laughs> I just think that it would clash in an odd visual fashion, and that's probably not what they're going for. Right. I, I really think they're going to stick to the the turn-based combat. Uh, well, obviously, uh, like uh, not true, not full turn-based, like. Uh, like active, It'll be active, active time, time battle. Active. That's what I, that's the phrase I was looking for. Um, which allows it to can, to keep things moving and give the battles a lot of visual flair. And you know, like we said, there's there's a lot of visual flair that's going to be expected of this remake. And I think if they showed it off with the classic uh, turn-based battle with them just lined up there and. Uh, I don't think that would go over well. <laughs> so, I would not expect that. I'd be really surprised if they did that. Uh, and uh, who knows how long that FF7 remake is going to take. Seems like we still get a long wait for 15. Hopefully we'll have that soon. Hopefully. Alright, shall we move on? All in due... All right. Let's move. Okay. Some hope for the future. Some wait for the call. Alright, let's move on to the destiny question. (laughs) (laughs) Let's move on to the best question of the night. Oh gosh. (laughs) Dear Wheels and that other a-hole, with the Taken King, this may be your last chance to persuade me to play Destiny. Do your worst. Sincerely, that other (laughs) (laughs) a-hole. Alright, so we have to take this question from multiple different approaches. Um, so we're going to start by identifying. <laughs> signed up for. We're going to start by identifying <laughs> what what was wrong and what was right with Destiny and how Taken King fixes and leaves alone certain things with the original game. Please watch my three part documentary. <laughs> yes. Uh, so obviously the biggest problem with Destiny, as I'm sure many of you have already heard, is the story. Not necessarily that. Uh, the world sucks, and there's no cool story things there. Just that the game does an incredibly awful, horrible, terrible, worthless no job. Good, very bad. Yes. Awful job of giving you any sense of what the heck is going on in the story. Um, there's lots of grimoire, grimoire cards where you can get a sense of what's going on with the story. Uh, but yeah, that's, that's a poor, poor way to do it. And I, I want to give you one example, because I think this this illustrates the issue 
pretty clearly. And this is with the uh, the first expansion, which was which introduced a new ro new raid called Crota's End, where you go and kill Crota and whatnot. And kind of the problem with this is the story missions for the expansion have you going and preventing Crota from being summoned by uh, the hive creatures in the moon. Um, so I found it pretty confusing that, oh, you stop him from being summoned and then you have to go f fight him, huh? Um, but as it turns out, when you're doing the raid at Crota's End, what you're actually doing is going into... I don't know if it's like a sub-dimension or another dimension. You're going wherever the heck Crota is. Yes, you're going to wherever the heck Crota is and was supposed to be summoned from to kill him. Um, because apparently you just didn't prevent the danger hard enough. Right. Um, so yeah, it's still a little weird that hey, you stop him from being summoning summoned. Woohoo! But we're gonna go kill him anyway. But given the context that you're actually going... How else are you supposed to put his head on the wall? Right. <laughs> but given the context that, hey, he was actually in some other weird dimension, uh, it it's it makes a lot more sense. Um, and, and there's a lot of that in the story, where just nothing nothing is explained to you, and you're going, going to, like, oh, you're going to fight the Fallen and stop the leader of the House, the house of Winter. And it's like, what is the House of Winter? How are the Fallen... How is their society structured? Um, why do they have a society? That you were kind of presenting them as just some random evil menace. You know? It just... Uh, so very, very bad. But, how is this How is this one being rectified in The Taken King? So, they've kind of... Um, uh, not... Uh, not subtly at all, basically ripped off Metroid Prime in that you're going to be able to scan the environment and get bits of story as you go into different environments and encounter different characters and things like that. So I don't know exactly what that's going to look like. I don't, I don't know if they've actually shown it yet. Um, I'm just imagining the scan visor in Metroid Prime. Yeah. <laughs> But assuming that's at least decent, then that should give you kind of the information that the Grimoire cards give you, but as you're playing, instead of having to go off and looking at cards in some weird collection. Um, so that should do a much Let's better... Let's be real, you'd be, much more, you'd be much more up on the cards if they were Hearthstone cards. It's true. That's very true. Um... <laughs> but assuming they do a good job with this, this should do a much better job of giving you context to the missions and the story and what's going on, but without slowing thing down slowing things down or preventing people that don't give two two shits about the story and just want to shoot things without getting in their way. Which is probably a lot of the reason why a lot of this story stuff kinda got cut and messed up along the way. Uh so yeah, that is definitely being the fear fixed. of alienating people that just didn't care. Exactly. <clears throat> All right, so let's take a look at the, another issue with Vanilla Destiny, which w is uh, leveling, and there were a few different issues with that. Some of which have already been fixed. Um, one, and well, 
I should say, one of which has already been fixed, which ties into the other issue that has been fixed, which was the level cap in Destiny, as it stands now, is 20. Which may confuse you, considering you've probably, I assume, heard of level cap expansions and the two expansions and people being level 34 and whatnot. So essentially, you can level up to level 20, and then from that point on, you have to get basically better gear, which will increase your level based on the light in that gear, uh, which is kind of a weird concept. Yeah, no, that's confusing. Yeah, it's very confusing. And part of the problem with that whole system was uh, to get the most light out of equipment, you generally had to upgrade it all the way, which required getting a bunch of upgrade materials which were incredibly tedious to acquire, which has been completely fixed because now... Oh, that's good to hear. Yes. Now the currency you get from doing uh, co-op and story missions and uh, the currency you get from doing PvP can now be used to buy those upgrade materials. And these are just the basic upgrade materials generally for like high-level equipment. There's other stuff, which isn't, which isn't all that hard to get now either. Um... So, how was that fixed in the Taken King? So, as far as upgrade materials, that's all been smoothed out since the original launch. That's that's good. It's good to go. Um, there's still going to be probably some general things you're going to have to do to to grind and get materials to equip to uh, upgrade stuff, but it's not the tedium it was before, which required you to go on boring as heck patrol missions not actually doing the mission is just wandering around looking for look gathering materials and it was really bad and I, I i can't even explain how bad it was it's like <laughs> it, if you go and read my review on the site about destiny uh it basically cost the game uh uh half of a point off the score it was that bad <laughs> Uh, but as far as leveling goes, the light system is gone as a means for leveling. <coughs> so you'll do your traditional leveling, leveling path up to the up to the cap. No more having to get equipment. Um, so the light level, the light level will still be there, but it's kind of it's going to be similar to some some systems you may see in some uh, MMOs that basically instead of it uh increasing your level it's just a means of showing you how powerful your gear is and perhaps if you're ready for certain activities or they may actually lock off certain activities based on your light level so that's what that is now which i think is much much better much less confusing for new players and a lot easier to to level up because um Previously, you know, trying to get better gear, I mean, you could be doing a bunch of activities hoping for a gear drop to get you up to a higher level and not getting anything, and basically have completely wasted your time. <laughs> so, now you'll just get experience the traditional way and work your way up, and that should be much better. That does sound rather nice. Yeah, <laughs> it, it, it's, it's really nice. Um... Although I must say, we I definitely got my three characters up to the current max 
because of course you did. No, I, like I know how much time you spend on this. Like yeah. half the time when, like half the time. Like <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna draw back the curtain for our audience here a bit. Half the time when an episode like is supposed to be recorded in the next couple of days, like I'll ask Wheels, when do you want to record in the next couple of days? And it's like, oh well, uh, tonight's not good because of reasons and reasons always means destiny <laughs> generally yes gotta do those weeklies <laughs> but yeah right now yeah, yeah, yeah that always gets recorded so yeah. i can't really begrudge you <laughs> right now it's pretty easy to get secondary characters up to the max level because you can just uh with your primary character do uh the prison of elders and get these armor core things which let you get new pieces of gear and you can just send the armor core character the armor cores to another character and uh use those to get gear to get you up to the max level quickly so <coughs> it will be kind of sad that that's gone but the new i can't say the new leveling system is worse because it certainly is not so yeah that's much better um so another issue with current Destiny, and one that I have no idea why it's going to take the expansion to finally fix this, but uh, the weapon balance in PvP and to some extent PvE, which I'll talk about separately, is being completely redone. And the issue currently with PvP is it's gotten to the point where um, enough people have been playing the game for a long time that many have um, some cool exotic weapons. And as it so happens, most of the people playing PvP are using some extremely annoying, overpowered exotic weapons that have that are, have really made the PvP ex- environment suck, and suck hard. Like it's 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 bad. Not bad to the to the point where I don't want to play PvP, but bad to the point where. It, <sighs> It's like, oh, I died to Thorn again. So shocking, you know. So there's this hand, there's this hand cannon in Destiny called Thorn that uh, when you when you hit someone with it, it does extra damage over time. Uh, oh, of course, it's a thorn in your side. Yes, which doesn't necessarily sound overpowered on its own, but uh, it's extremely easy to kill people with it. And I think there's. And there's a general imbalance with the weapon types in general. Like, everyone uses hand cannons because they work really well in Crucible. Uh, auto rifles, which is the kind of weapon I want to use, are absolute garbage in uh, PvP. And, you know, some of the other types aren't that great either. Uh, there's some shotguns with, like, absurd range that can like, kill someone with one shot from, like, 10 feet away. It's stupid. So that's all being reworked for the Taken King. And like I said, I have no idea why they couldn't do that earlier, but that's all being reworked, thankfully. The point is that it is happening. Yes. As far as PvE goes, um, they're nerfing the legendary awesome rocket launcher Galahorn, which is hands down the best rocket launcher in the game and really the best weapon in the game. Uh, Like by large degrees of magnitude. Not necessarily for PvP, but in PvE, it's it's the weapon. It's the weapon to have. Um, so I can perfectly understand why they want to uh, dial that back a good deal. Um, 
but at the same time they haven't exactly explained in depth how they're going to do that, which they have done with other weapons, so that may be a bad thing. And <coughs> while it definitely shouldn't be the best weapon in the game, it should still be a pretty cool weapon, so... Uh, we'll see how that rebounds. There's no reason goes. that a rocket launcher shouldn't be cool. Yeah, <laughs> and there's no reason that you can't have one that's uh, obviously not as far as it is now above the other weapons, but it can be. You can you can have some weapons that are you know a step above the majority of other weapons. It's it's okay. Uh, but yeah, so that's just how yeah. ranking things works. <laughs> just gotta. They just need to tweak that a little bit, and I'm afraid they may go a bit too far. Okay. Uh, <coughs> so other changes. Um, so they're going to be introducing complete new gear. Um, previously, you could kind of upgrade some of your old legendary gear to a higher level with this past expansion. Um, and, but that legendary gear is no longer going to be able to level up uh, in the new expansion. Um, exotic gear, which is the the most the rarest and often the coolest weapons, will be able to, but not the legendaries, which I think is a good thing because for um, partly because they've introduced a bunch of random legendary weapons in this latest expansion that have kind of made new legendary weapons completely meaningless because you just get kind of a giant stock of garbage. So to not have to worry about leveling up any of those I think is nice because you can kind of just get the new weapons and be forced to try out the new weapons which I think is important <laughs> because in a game like this I think people sometimes cling to their favorite gun too much and don't necessarily go and try out the new weapons and Bungie really puts a lot of effort into designing these new weapons so it, it's good that people will be forced to let some of their old ones go um, although they won't necessarily it's be com- okay to put them out the past yeah. occasionally. They won't be necessarily be completely useless because you know you can go do some of the old raids and stuff with friends where they still might have special abilities specific to those raids. <coughs> and in Crucible, everything's kind of um, tapered down to one level, so they'll still be useful. Everything will still be useful there. So I don't know if you know know how the uh, crucible works in destiny and basically Not the slightest <laughs> so basically there's no um there's no like specific level you have to be to do it so it's balanced in such a way that um you that every every all the damage is like leveled off so although you may have uh like a higher level weapon with cool abilities which still work in um so basically scale like Ex- exactly. So while it's still advantageous to be at the at or near the level cap in Crucible because you'll have all your abilities and weapons with cool abilities, it doesn't necessarily uh, it doesn't necessarily give you a major advantage because everything is <coughs> everything is balanced out. So yeah. Um. So another, speaking of Crucible, another major issue with the PvP in Destiny is there aren't enough modes, and um, it may be just me, because I like having a lot of different modes to play in PvP beyond Deathmatch, uh, but it definitely needs it, and they're adding some good ones in this. 
which include a capture by flag type mode, a new version of the control mode, which uh, doesn't doesn't depend on kills anymore for scoring, which the current one does. And a cool mode where basically everyone has their supers all the time, so just crazy stuff will happen. <laughs> crazy power fight. Exactly. So that should be fun. Um, and obviously in addition to that, and you know, just the expansion in general is going to have new areas, new raid, and I think it might have two? I, I thought I remembered seeing somewhere about two, but at least one new raid... So it really should be more, much more inviting to new players. And one of the things they are going to do is, which we talked about being a bad thing in World of Warcraft, is they're going to let you, if you're a new player buying the new expansion, uh, get a character up to the current max, like right off the bat. Which is, which I think is less bad in this because it's still pri- Although it's obviously it's still primarily a shooter. Yeah, right. It's still primarily a shooter, so while you're going to have to kind of figure out, oh, what abilities do I have, what should I use, and then you're probably going to have to get better gear, uh, you're definitely better off than you are in World of Warcraft. So, uh, there's that. So, uh, really, Destiny Year 2 should be the game that people were expecting Year 1, which... Um, kind of sucks for those of us who had to play through some of the bumps. Um, but there is a really cool, awesome core to Destiny that uh, obviously a lot of people have been addicted to. And I think <coughs> the Taken King is going to make it a lot easier for people to get, get to that and latch on to that. And obviously the shooting is really good. Uh, as Bungie you know They've always been top-notch at doing that. That's never been the problem with Destiny. It's been well, if everything else. If it makes you else. feel any better, I'm looking at the price. <laughs> well, I am buying a special edition just for the extras, uh, so I can... September 15th. I cannot spare $60 on September 15th. Well, I will actually probably have an extra copy of the game I can just send you. Switch. <laughs> I guess I can't say no to that. <laughs> yes. Good. Uh, Good. I have to help him. Oh yes, and another new thing in the Taken King is all the all the uh uh classes are gonna have additional subclasses for people to level and mess around with. Um, multi class. Multi class. So that'll that'll be a nice option. And you know, one of the cool things about Destiny is uh, you can switch between switch between the subclasses at will. Like in, in the middle of a firefight, you can pa- pause and go and switch to your other subclass. It it, it resets the cooldown for your abilities, but you can do it. So you can't abuse the hell out of it. Yes, you definitely can't abuse the heck out of it, but you can switch on the fly. Uh, so is there? There's. It's not like you have to pick one subclass and stick to that. You can level them all up and use them all up as you will. I think I've been Shanghai'd. <laughs> it's it's a really good game, man, and and like I said, a lot of the rough spots have finally been ironed out. And let me tell you, so- <laughs> I'm just saying, like you you've got me to at least give it a shot. <laughs> it's worth it. At least it doesn't have a monthly fee to contend with. Yeah, yeah. I needed that. Yeah, yeah I need that PS Plus subscription anyway. 
Yeah, and obviously the pricing sucks if you're a current player. Forty dollars to buy the expansion, but you know, Activision guys, I don't know what to tell you. This is part and parcel of the deal made to create this object. Yeah, but um, you know, Bungie. I know it's not like exactly the same Bungie that made the Halo games, but it's Bungie knows what they're doing. And they still do, despite we'll the issue. We'll play Destiny, issue. and then a month later we'll play Halo 5. Yes, that'll be, that'll be interesting. But yeah, Destiny, really good game with some rough patches that have slowly been patched out. <coughs> rough patched. Yes. That sounds like a bad computer novel. <laughs> oh, and there's and of course there's the whole uh thing with changing the voice of the ghost in Destiny. Which is kinda That's funny. how Nolan rolls. Yeah. So I'm interested to see how Nolan North does it. I really want him to use like the most exuberant like Saints Row for the boss voice he can come up with. <laughs> that would be weird. <laughs> <laughs> that wizard came from the freaking moon. <laughs> oh man. You want it now too. Yeah. You know, you know what they should just do is just do DLC, like a separate DLC and have like different actors re-record all the ghost lines and then you can, you know, select different ghosts. That would be funny. Just every just every possible absurd combination and delivery sound. <laughs> Exactly. Oh, all right. Have have I rambled enough about Destiny to your liking? Follow your heart. Do you have Do you have <laughs> any questions about Destiny? I think that would be. I a feel good ending. But like all of the questions I could have were probably in there somewhere, and my brain is still trying to source through all of it. <laughs> do you have any reservations? Well, let me ask you this: What turned you off from playing Destiny? Or giving it a try. I'm terrified of loot grinding. <laughs> ah, okay. Um, I could probably ease your fears about that a bit. About that, like, are you okay. are you afraid of like Diablo style loot grinding? Yes. Okay. It, <laughs> it's really not like that at all. I'll uh, take your word for it. You've yet to steer me wrong. You, you I mean, you'll get a lot of random guns and whatnot, but aside from whatever the what what was that stupid co-op thing we played like four years ago at this Border, point Borderlands no not that one that was a different one oh I'm, I'm talking about the bad fantasy gears knockoff oh god no no <laughs> no <laughs> Uh, I don't remember the name of it. Was it? It was like Hunted the Demon for. Yep, that was it. Yeah. Did that have loot? I don't even remember. It did not. It did not. It was a bad gears knockoff. But I'm just saying, in terms of things, you've steered me wrong on. Ah, uh, yes. Uh, it, it had a really fun demo at PAX. I don't know what else to say. <laughs> yeah. No. No. I'm not. I'm not just trying to like wreck your day. I'm just like saying that was the last time you steered me wrong, and it was like four that's, years ago. So we'll let it go. That's a fair point. But it had Xena, so maybe I got a little starstruck. I don't know. <laughs> You're just all about that Xena. Uh, yeah, there's not a lot of... No real stupid loot grinding. Uh, it, like I said, it kind of... I'll be the judge of that. Uh, <laughs> so it kind of used to be like that, where you needed to do like the raid and other stuff to get better 
better gear, but it's there's there's. Yeah, I assumed that had been somewhat assuaged by the fact that like your loot was no longer tied to your level. <laughs> right. There's that, and there's there's multiple ways to get gear now. So you can do the Prison of Elders. Um, you know, there's a weekly different thing you can get from the Armor Core that you get uh, from doing one of the Prison of Elders. Uh, there's lots of random drops. Um, Zer uh, shows up every week with different uh, exotic gear you can buy, and it's pretty easy to get enough strange coins to buy that exotic gear. So there's a lot of different options, and if you aren't really interested in building a large stock of gear, you don't have to. You can stick to kind of a core few weapons. Uh, you do have to level up the weapons individually, like they have a bunch of skill nodes. That's just what you do are shooting things. Yeah. <laughs> so you level up those nodes, and then you need different materials to upgrade those nodes. But yeah, there's not there's no real loot grinding, uh, unless they're adding that in, which I don't think they are. Uh, I guess we'll find out together, won't we? Yes. <laughs> destiny. It's your destiny. It's a really good game, man. Just give it a try. <laughs> I'll play it. I'll play it. I don't have a lot of money for September 15th, but I'll play it. <laughs> I'll make you a deal. You try that, and we will play some Dead Rising 3. Is there co-op in that? I never checked. I thought you told me there was co-op in that. I need to check, because that sounds fun as hell. Yeah. Uh, it, I think there was in 2, so there's probably in 3. I'll show you my cool wizard staff. <laughs> Sweet. Alright, so we should probably start wrapping this show up. Um, as usual, you can send us questions uh, via email, wheels at uh, put questions on the boards for the latest episode, um, ask.fm, blah, blah, blah. No one has used that so far. Uh, if I happen to be streaming something, you're welcome to ask questions on there, although they may be lost. So... <laughs> Streamer, beware! Yeah, I don't, I don't know how well Twitch saves the chat, so it doesn't at all. Okay, so like if you refresh, it hasn't saved the chat. Okay, so if you want to ask me a question that way, make sure you tell me, hey, save this question right now. <laughs> yeah, I'll probably like if I'm on the stream, I'll try to save it to a something. Right. Um, <laughs> and obviously Twitter, um, ask wheels. Dave is fanboy master. And yeah, feel free to ask us about anything, rant about anything. We'll respond to anything. We might rant back. Yeah, as we have amply proven. <laughs> you can even tell me why Hearthstone sucks, and I will tell you why you are wrong. But you are welcome. To, you are welcome to make the attempt. Uh... And that's it. Um, enjoy the musical selection, which. Uh, I'm not sure what I'm going to be using at the end of this episode. I think it's going to be something from uh, either Destiny or A Train Untold 2. Oh man, those are good soundtracks. Yeah. And that's it. Peace out. Peace out, Earth. I got a new home. <laughs>